Emotional safety in a marriage or a relationship is key, but what if you find yourselves feeling stagnant together? If you're a man listening to this, maybe you know that you're doing really good work individually, but your wife still doesn't feel safe and still doesn't fully trust you yet. You end up feeling frustrated because all the good work that you're doing doesn't seem to be good enough, and so then it becomes discouraging. If you're a woman, maybe you can see that he's taking steps in the right direction, but you still have a lot of reservations or fears about opening up and trusting again. Maybe you don't feel very safe despite everything you guys are doing to try to make it better. So you're in this gridlocked place where you're going along but aren't really feeling the connection and the closeness that you both want. In today's episode, I want to share with you three specific ways that you can create emotional safety, which can then act as a foundation to build trust, connection, intimacy, and the fulfillment that you really desire together, all of which only comes when you're safe and secure together. My name is Sam Tielemans. If you're new to the podcast, I'm the host of the Couples Healing Podcast, and I've worked with hundreds of individuals and couples to help them overcome the impact of pornography use. And I want to share with you the best practices to help you on your journey as well. And by the way, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to everybody who's leaving reviews. It's really helping the podcast get out to more people, and the messages that I get are that it just brings a lot of hope and direction. So I just wanted to thank you for your willingness to leave these reviews to help other people get the support that they need as well. Now, in today's episode, I wanna share with you a conversation that I had with somebody recently. She was describing how she recognized that her husband was taking the right steps. He was doing good work, but she still felt these deep reservations and fears about opening up and really letting herself bring the wall down. And so I wanna share with you some of the things that I shared with her and then give you all as listeners three things that you can do to rebuild or create this strong sense of safety in the relationship so that everything else then falls into place. So this particular person I was speaking with said that despite all of her husband's good work, she was still, there was this breakdown where intellectually she could see that he was doing better, but emotionally she could feel her wall still up. And it was tough for him because he didn't know what else to do. He was doing everything he thought he needed to, And he was doing great work, but still there was this breakdown between them two. So this is what I shared with her. I said that safety is necessary for us in our relationships, for us individually. And so whether it comes from your wall or him, you have to find a sense of safety. And so that idea really resonated with her because she had had a wall in place for many, many years because for a long, long time, her husband was not actively engaged in this process of healing. So psychologically, as human beings, we have to have safety. And if it's not gonna come from your spouse, that's the best case scenario, is that you create that safety in the relationship, that a husband can create safety for his wife. But if that's not in place, and there's been betrayal and hurt and deception, she can't find safety with him in that place. Therefore, she has to rely on a wall. It's distance, a disconnect, and an emotional closing off in order to protect herself from getting hurt. And so I told her that for her to have her wall up, it makes perfect sense. And if if her husband is not in a place to create that safety, she's going to need to find that from somewhere else. And for her, there is this wall that came up. And I think that's the, the, the experience that most women have because safety is so necessary. 
And so this is where she wanted to shift out of that though, because he was doing good work, but she still felt stuck. And this is the analogy that I shared with her. So she loves horses. She loves riding horses and raising them. And I don't really know much about them, but based on what we talked about, I wanted to share something that might resonate. So I hope this uh, analogy maybe fits for you as well. So she said that imagine, or I, I said to her, imagine you're riding your horse, your favorite horse, and out of nowhere, you're running down the field and then he bucks you off and you flip over, you land on your neck and you go to the hospital. And the recovery process is long and it's painful. And I said, now, after you recovered from this experience, how likely would you be to get right back on the horse and run at the same speed that you were running when you got bucked off? She said, not very likely. And I said, I would feel the same exact way. I would be much more reserved if I think about getting back on the horse and running at the same speed that we were when I was thrown off the horse. And I said, this is how we work as human beings. Our brain is going to pay attention to danger more than it is something that's good because our brain ultimately is designed to protect us and keep us alive. And the way it does that is it scans the environment for threats. And so if you go through a terrible experience where you're thrown from a horse, anything that has to do with horses, you might, in terms of like riding a horse and going at that same speed or that specific horse is going to now give you pause especially if you don't know what happened or why the horse threw you from it when you guys are riding together. And I said, in relationships, we are no different. Since you've been hurt by your spouse and there's been dishonesty, deception, actively, there has been acting out that has actively undermined the trust between you and him, your brain is going to pay attention to any little thing that could indicate it's going to keep happening. So your brain is going to be on high alert. This is what there's the there's a phrase called betrayal trauma. And this is the experience that people have when the person that they're in a relationship with is it under so he does he or she does something to undermine the safety and security in the relationship, whether it's an affair or pornography use or doing something that that is so relationship altering that it creates the same symptoms as PTSD and many women have this experience where they feel hypervigilance anger rage depression a lack of trust an inability to focus inability to fall asleep racing thoughts intrusive thoughts replaying memories over and over again all these things are symptoms of somebody who has experienced a deep level of hurt and the brain is having such a hard time grappling with what happened and making sense out of it, which is why it affects us so deeply. And so what I shared with her, there's a really, really good book about trauma written by uh, a researcher, a Dutch researcher. His name, uh, well, the, the name of the book is called The Body Keeps the Score. And I said, this is the perfect way to describe how trauma gets locked into our body. And so she was, this, this was her difficulty, was that she could recognize and could see, and intellectually she knew that he was doing much, much better. The behaviors that led to why he did what he did, he was addressing. Yet there was a big part of her that still wanted to stay behind the wall because she was scared of getting hurt. She couldn't understand why. And I shared with her, this is the principle that I want to share with you, 
is that when we feel safe, when we have, when, when we're trying to create safety, it only comes through experience. When safety is undermined, it's an experience that we have. We physically and emotionally feel the impact of broken trust where something happens, it redefines the relationship in our mind, and then it causes deep levels of hurt, then we want to protect ourselves. And so I said, despite the fact that he's doing good work, you, of course, are still going to feel these reservations and fears and trauma and pain until you have a different experience with him. So this is what I mean. Him doing all this good work, changing, his heart changes, he tries to operate differently. He's just a he's, a, he's a different person. But unless she can feel the safety between him and her, unless she can feel secure in relation to him, then that intellectual understanding that he's different doesn't translate to her feeling any better. It's the same idea of, so this is, and she added to the analogy, she, she added such a perfect element to the analogy, She said, okay, I get the horse analogy. I'm on the horse. I get thrown off. And then she said, what I learn is that the reason why the horse kicks me off is because he steps on a nail and there's a nail lodged in his foot. So he he acts erratically. He acts uncharacteristically. And this is the reason why he did what he did. And I said, that's such a good way to put this because when somebody struggles with pornography use, It's as if there's a nail in their foot, or in other words, there's some root cause that's contributing to why they're doing what they're doing. And if you followed me for any length of time, you know, you've heard me share that pornography use is so often it's a coping mechanism. So when somebody is in emotional pain or has their wall up, their guard up, they have a lack of an an ability to cope, they have negative views of themselves, they have low self-esteem. These are the sources. This is the source, the underlying reasons why they turn to pornography. These, This is the nail in the foot, which causes pain, which then they act differently than they would if they didn't have that, those underlying issues. So I thought that was such a great addition to the, the analogy that she shared. So she said, okay, I, I get it now. My husband did what he did for X, Y, Z reasons. She went into those reasons, the underlying reasons that we just touched on. And then she said, I can see now that the nail is gone. He's dealt with these things, but I still feel scared. And I said, the way through this now is having new experiences with him. So this leads me to the three things that I wanted to share with you. What are the three ways to create safety? First and foremost, safety, the prerequisite to safety is honesty. And this is no surprise. This is not some groundbreaking revelation. But I can't tell you how many times I've worked with people where there's what I call a staggered disclosure, where a little bit of truth is dripped out over a long period of time. And it's so devastating to a wife's ability to trust. So if you found yourself in a place where you've had that experience, where there's been a staggered, dripped out disclosure, my, my, I, I, can't, I cannot emphasize this enough. My encouragement, I I cannot emphasize this enough. It's so necessary to reveal the things that have been hidden so that you can start from a solid place together, having the truth, having the understanding that you need. So the key is to share the scope and the extent of the behaviors so that there is not going to be another 
reveal in three months time when you guys are doing good work together. Where if you're a wife, you find something else that pops up that you didn't know about. Whether there's, you know, maybe there is another form of acting out that you weren't aware of or conversations with people or, or whatever the case might be. That's the last thing that we want to have happen when you're in this healing process. So number one, there's got to be transparency and honesty. And I know that's not easy. That's a very difficult thing to ask for if you're a husband, because the fear that a husband feels is, well, if I tell her everything, she's going to leave. And I can understand that fear, but I can tell you more than anything else, if she ever was going to leave, it, it is less likely it has to do with the certain behaviors that you did while you were acting out. It's infinitely more likely that she's going to leave because of the lack of honesty and transparency. So that's number one. Number two, it's having a clear understanding of why he's done what he's done. Going back to the horse analogy, if you're riding down this, you know, down the field and out of nowhere, the horse throws you off and you end up in the hospital. If you don't know why he did that, you're going to be far less likely to want to get back on the horse. So we've got to understand what's the nail in the foot. What are the underlying reasons that caused this? And a lot of guys that I work with in the very beginning, they don't know. When somebody reaches out to me, they say, I, you know, I hear you talk about all this stuff. It resonates, but I don't know what it is for me. That's step number one. That's the first thing that I do when I work with people is identifying exactly what's leading to this so that we can resolve it. Because once you identify, I guess this is two and one, you identify what it is and then you put in place whatever it is necessary as a countermeasure to resolve the underlying cause. If it's low self-esteem, then you build your self-esteem. If it's an inability to let somebody in and be vulnerable, it's developing relationship and communication skills. If it's seeing yourself in such a negative way and having high degrees of shame, it's building self-esteem in a way that you don't, you shed the shame so you don't carry that weight anymore. So whatever it is, if it's habit, if it's on a habit level, you're, develop, you're breaking old habits and developing new ones. If you've been wanting to overcome pornography for a long time, but you've struggled because you haven't had a customized game plan for your specific situation, then I'd love to help. I take on a few new clients every month and I work with them in a 12-week process to resolve the underlying issues that have led to their behavior. So by the end of the 12 weeks, you can be in a completely different place, feeling free and confident. And I give everybody that I work with a guarantee that if you don't completely overcome your struggle with pornography in those 12 weeks, then I'll work with you for free until you do. I'm with you to the end and you have nothing to lose. So if this sounds interesting to you and you want to be done with this problem in the next 12 weeks, then go to the website stopporn.info and you can get some more information there. All right, back to the show. So once you've identified and then put in place the things that are necessary to resolve it, then it's the follow through. It's relentlessly and consistently following through on the good things that are going to help you rebuild the parts that have been broken down on the inside so that you can just operate differently, which again, it's, it's the idea of just small steps, but being consistent. So that's number two. And then number three, it's having new experiences together. Because even though this particular woman I was working with could see he was doing better individually, we've got to create experiences together that demonstrate to her that he's different in the relationship. So what do I mean by that? 
one of the biggest things that a husband and wife can do, or a man and a woman, I and I by the way, I use husband and wife as shorthand. It's just it's relationship. It can be fiance, it can be girlfriend, boyfriend. Just I guess as a sidebar, it's it's all the same. It, depending on it, uh, it's all the same in terms of what helps. I'm just referring to that at different phases of a relationship. So what does that look like? It looks like having conversations together that happen differently, where he shows up and responds differently. So if she's in pain, how does he respond to that? If she has questions and fears, can he be empathetic? Can he take his time and be patient with her? Can he demonstrate his heart change by being there for her differently when she's struggling? This is going to be one of the best things that he can do because so often women are used to getting stuck in these negative cycles with their spouse where she brings up her pain, he gets defensive, he shuts down, he turns the tables, and all of that is protection, by the way. He's acting in his protection, which we do as human beings. That's, you know, we're going to do that. But if he develops the skills necessary to slow that down, to step out of those cycles, and ultimately show up differently in their relationship for her, that's how he can demonstrate the change in a way that she can feel the difference because it's in those conversations that she will feel safe with him. That's a part of how security is built. And so instead of her needing to rely on the wall to keep her safe, she can have these conversations with him so he can create the safety for her. And when we have safety in relation to our spouse, that's when we can bring the wall down. And I told her, I said, six months ago, your husband was unable to have healthy, positive, compassionate conversations with you. And he agreed to that. He's like, I couldn't have done this back then. And so I, I said, I wouldn't encourage you to just pour your heart out if your spouse has no ability to do that. So we have to sequence it in the right order. We want him to develop these skills and operate in a different way, which can be done. That's a big part of what I've, I feel like people can do in in uh, in sessions together is develop those skills and for husbands in session as well whether individually or in a couple's context developing those skills so so important and now that he's in a place to do that that's that was my encouragement to her is now that he's different he can respond differently and she's reflected on a conversation that she had with him recently where he was different she shared a concern he responded with compassion and understanding And I said, well, what was that like for you? She said, that was actually really, really helpful. And I said, all we want to do is just stack more and more of those conversations on on top of each other so that you can then feel safe in relation to him and therefore no longer need the wall. And so my encouragement as you guys are all listening to this is to reflect on what of these, which of these three elements do you need to put in place still? Whether it's being more truthful and really committing to the idea of being completely transparent or is it needing to figure out why and then putting things in place to resolve the underlying reasons that led to it or number three is it having more conversations together where you can share and be different and operate less from your protection and more from your heart because compassion and love and empathy and kindness, those are the kinds of responses that we want to have in conversations when we're sharing with one another because that's how you build that security together. So my hope is that you can pick out one of these things, make that the focus this week. 
Have a conversation with your partner and share with them where you think that you are together. And then come up with a plan together to then resolve and put into place at least one of these things so you can start to build the security. And what that translates to, going back to this analogy, my last thought on this, is in the horse analogy, what that looks like is you you are scared and you don't want to get on the horse. But then you see that he's different. You see that he operates differently. You feel reassured that he's differently intellect or intellectually you have the reassurance that he's different because you you saw the nail come out you see that he now can trot he can run he can do what he used to do with no issues if i'm in that position what i do what i would do is i would start out slow i would just get on the horse and i wouldn't move and i would just have a, a positive experience just being back on the horse and then i'd do that for a couple of minutes then i'd get off and then the next day maybe i'd sit on the horse again and I would spend 10 minutes there and then I'd get off. And then the next day I might take a little walk in a small little area and so on and so forth until you have that experience back in your body because that's how you can ultimately release the wall is through the experience of the three things that I'd mentioned with you today. When you have an experience of those things in relation to your spouse, that's how you re-imprint the old trauma response that's been locked in your body. It gets re-imprinted so you don't continually get triggered and have flashbacks and intrusive thoughts and feel stuck and be in this gridlock place. We just need lots and lots of experiences. So that's why I encourage you all to spend some time this week to pinpoint something you can do so you can create a new experience together and build that foundation of safety between yourselves. <laughs>